At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that...
Continue to meet with us here. We love you. It's all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome this morning to First Christian Church, Bowie City Church, uh, as we worship together. That's everyone can see me. As you're here this morning and uh, worshiping us, we're, we ask that you come and just give God all your praise. Give God all your glory. As we are still ending our series titled At the Movies, Jason's going to bring a sermon this morning that's going to touch our hearts and challenge us as well. We ask that um, as we give tithes and offerings, that you can give that toward the end of the sermon uh, when we did tithes and offerings. But we continue to worship the Lord. We continue to worship how good he is, how awesome he is. So we thank you, God, for meeting us here. Lord, we ask that all those who are still coming to church this morning, they arrive here safely. Lord, we ask that we would glorify you this morning. It won't be about us, it won't be about the others around us, but it'll be about our relationship with you, your love to us, and our love back to you. Mm. We thank you for this opportunity to worship you. Lord, continue to meet, continue to move. Holy Spirit, draw near. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Continue to worship with us. Don't be. 
Holy Spirit on his disciples after he had given his life on the cross after his resurrection he gifted the Holy Spirit to us that believe and confess that he is Lord Lord we get to take this moment this opportunity to partake in communion to remember what Jesus did for us Jesus thank you for choosing the cross Thank you for dying for us. Let's prepare our hearts and minds for taking communion as Brother Godfrey comes and leads us.
morning, good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. As we gather today in this house, Boise City Church, First Christian Church, we're coming under one banner, and that's the banner of Christ. One blood, one sacrifice that was made for every one of us. The, today, communion scripture is coming from Isaiah 53, verses 5, and this is what it states. It says, he was wounded for a transgression, he was bruised for iniquity, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are ill. What are we ill from? We are ill from his, the sins that we committed and what we was born into. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, we come before you as one body, and we confess our sins. We have sinned against you and against each other in thought, words, and deeds, and by also what we have not done. Heavenly Father, as we seek you this day, we pray not just for ourselves, but for our friends, our loved ones, and for the world that we live in. Make us all, Lord, Heavenly Father, that we may stand before you this day and forevermore glorifying you in everything that we do. It is in your precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, we proclaim your name. And we all say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Now we may partake in the communion. Thank you, brothers.
happening? Good morning. I had to bypass, I had to like be there for him to come out so he didn't sneak off. So yesterday was my birthday. Your birthday. And I, I realized I realized that yesterday was his birthday and I was putting my sermon together and the movie that I'm gonna use today was out before you were born. That makes you old. Yeah. It does make me old. <laughs> I was like, oh, I should, oh, I should find something else. Now, if you, you, for those of you from First Christian who are just getting to know us, um, one thing that you need to know about, uh, about uh, Pastor Dion is that he has one little weakness. Chocolate chip cookies. So, You're my friend. This guy so, loves me. So that's just a mini pack for the sermon. Oh, I can eat this? You can eat those right now. David, he's back to eat this. Thank you. Yeah, but he no, said, no. no crumbs. Like I'm shaking his head. He's like, no, he cannot. <laughs> but no crumbs. As long as there are no crumbs, you're okay. okay. And don't munch too loud. Now, while I was there in the store getting those, I found these <laughs> ones, okay? And they say reduce fat, and I had like six of them yesterday, and they didn't work. You didn't pray over them. I'm taking them back. Okay. Get my money back, because they, they don't actually reduce you any fat. You didn't bless them, that's <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> and, uh, and then when I bought those, my wife was like, okay, he doesn't actually like those. I'm like, what? He doesn't like chips though. I'm like, it's chocolate chip cookie. What? No, because he's a connoisseur of that chocolate chip cookies. And what's your favorite chocolate chip cookies? Freshly baked, gooey, gooey, fresh ones. Well, they were fresh at about 7 o'clock this morning. Oh! <laughs> Are these from your home? They're from our house. This is awesome. So they might still be warm. They're definitely gooey. And uh, I can't stand chocolate chip cookies, by the way. Um, (laughs) I'm not sharing with you. No. So I want to wish Dan a happy birthday. And at the end of church, and we're going to do it after church, when you're all leaving, there will be chocolate chip cookies available in the foyer for everybody to take home for the car ride home. Uh, Yes. So there'll be no crumbs. God bless. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I am so glad he is not in the cars. I'm really, I think we're having a battery issue with this battery pack, this mic pack. If it keeps cutting out, I'm going to change batteries. You know what? We've been having horrible technical issues this morning. If you're on with us online, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for persevering. At about what time? Okay, I need two, I need two new batteries. I need two new batteries, because this is not work. Yeah, those, those will do. So, at about 9.58 this morning, the power supply on the computer that powers our live stream to the internet died. And not only did the power, the, the power supply die, hey, take that, I'm kind of, I'm kind of attached, all right? Not only did the power supply die, it hadn't actually charged the laptop. So with about 17 minutes before church starts, all of the stuff over there where Vincente is sitting just collapsed in a heap. And it wouldn't work. We had no power. And so we were like, okay. But you know what? God is good because God gave us Jason Johnson. And and, uh, yeah. 
Because without him, there would be, I mean, I would have been holding up cards with words on it today, hoping that you could all read them to sing, because we, we would have had no hope. Am I back on again? All right, we're going to try that. Here we go. Let's try that one. We're back again, and we're live. Because Jason Johnson came in, and he's like, okay, we're going to take this laptop, and we're going to move that laptop to there, and then we're going to take my laptop, which I just brought. I don't know why I never bring a laptop, but I had it today. And he's like, I'm going to download something. We're going to put your laptop over here. We're going to make it all work. And at like 10.14, pretty much it all worked. I'm just like, wow. This is why God gives us people with skills, gifts, talents, and abilities. And when they're willing to use them and give them to the glory of God, it's like it all works. So <laughs> folks who are online, you have Jason Johnson to thank for that. And Vincent, <laughs> Jonathan has been serving here over. So everybody in church, Jonathan's running that. Everybody out in the world, Vincente's running that. And it's just been nuts today, just with technical stuff. But you know what? It doesn't matter whether we have lights, cameras, sound, any of that. God is here. God is good. And God is in control. And everything that we do is for his glory. And the, the fact that we can broadcast is just awesome, but we want to reach more people for his glory. That's the purpose of it. And so today has been nuts. Just nuts. But we're going to just continue to worship God together. And this morning, how many people have been watching the Olympics? Where's my people at? All right, watching stuff that you're like, I didn't even know it was a sport. What are they doing? <laughs> what is that? I mean, like there's handball. I watch, anybody see handball? The Austrian men playing handball. I'm like, that, it's just like, it's just a fight with a little tiny ball. I mean, we used to play that in school, but they were up there, they were doing their thing. I, I was watching road race. It was, if it's on, I found all the NBC channels that have sport on. My wife is like, what are we watching now? Fencing. Hmm. Who knew fencing would be so interesting? I don't know if it is or not, but I'm like, what? I, I keep expecting them to go all the way through, but it doesn't happen. Captivated by all the sports, all the things that are happening, every, everything that we, even we went to our pool last night, okay, we're down at our community pool, we set up a big screen, and we put the projector on, and we watched the swimming finals last night while we were at our pool, which is kind of awesome. Today, I want to talk to you about a story of a, an Olympian and a movie that clip that we're going to use today is of this Olympian and, and the life that he led. I want to talk today um, about our purpose, about who we are, why we do what we do, what God has called us to. In the early 1900s, uh, a young couple who were missionaries in China young Scottish couple had a son, and they named him Eric. And Eric grew up for the first seven or eight years of his life in China, working and serving with his, his parents on the mission field. And when he was about eight, they, his parents decided that they wanted to send him back to uh, the United Kingdom um, to go to school so that he could be educated. And he came back with his older brother, and he went to school here, uh, here, I'm from the UK, so I, the, the accent fits today. Great. Came back to the UK, went to school, went to, to his, his elementary school and his high school, and then ended up in, in Edinburgh University in Scotland. 
And in Edinburgh University, while he was there and studying, um, he played rugby. And rugby is another sport which is in the Olympics, but it's only sevens, which is kind of like rugby, but it's not really. There's not enough big people like me on those. There's really fast people, and I never like them because I can never catch them. But watch it. Rugby. So look for that one. Well, Eric played rugby. And he played so well that he was selected to play for the, the Scottish national team. And he played for the Scottish national team for a couple of seasons. The thing that set Eric apart was how fast he could run. And it wasn't long before people who were watching him play on the, on the rugby field and watching him just run right past people started to think, hmm, wonder what this guy would be like on the track. wonder what this guy would be like if we set him at the end of a 100-yard dash. I wonder how quickly he can get down that track. And it wasn't long before Eric Little was asked to compete in the 100-yard dash. And at those times, he did the 220-yard dash, not the 200 meters, but 220-yard dash, to run and see how fast he could run. Because there were people who had an idea that maybe, just maybe, in 1924, at the Paris Olympics, Eric Little might be a chance for Great Britain to win gold medals. So even back then, they're spotting talent to get it to the Olympics. There was a little difference, though, because with Eric's background and where he was from, son of missionary parents, very devout in his faith, Eric would face a moment or a number of moments of conflict where his faith and his athletic abilities would butt heads. I want to drop you into this first clip. We're going to show this first clip where you'll see Eric running up the steps. He's late for church. He ever? No, don't show us he's ever been late for church. He's running up the steps. He's late for church. Let's watch this.
in, in that clip at the beginning as he's running up the stairs and he's going to the mission and he's late for the mission. That's his sister, Jenny, who has served with him and with her parents. And you can see that she's frustrated at him because he, he missed it. He missed what was important to her. And as she talks to him, she gets frustrated because obviously he doesn't think that it's important. At least that's what she thinks. When they go out for the walk, and they stand, they look over the city of Edinburgh, and he says, I've, I've made a decision. The Lord has a purpose for me, and that purpose is China. And her face lightens up with excitement. She's like, oh, he's going back to where he's supposed to be. He's going back to serve. And then he says, but I have a lot of running to do. And her face drops. Her face drops. Church, as we begin to think about this clip, we begin to think about this exchange. The first thing that you need to know is that God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. And when I was growing up as a little boy, I always would think that, you know, the best purpose was to work with the church. The greatest purpose was to be a pastor. The greatest purpose was to be a minister. And that everything else was kind of just secondary. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. And there's no mention of those plans have to be within the church. There's no mention there of plans to become a pastor. Plans to become a small group leader. Plans to become a Bible study leader. Plans to lead a prayer group. Plans to lead a ministry. It doesn't say that. God says, I know the plans I have for you. See, God has plans for you. God has a purpose for you. And it may include working in the church. It may include any of those things that we've talked about. One of our congregations currently in Mexico. Hey, Hannah, if you're watching, hope things are doing good out there. She's serving in Mexico this summer as a missionary. Why? Because God had a plan for her, and she stepped up to follow it. The interesting thing is, church, though, that most of us, the plans that God has for us might not actually be in the church. But it doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan for you. Ephesians 2.10 says this, it says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You're created to do good works. Well, where do I do the good works? Wherever you go. Wherever you are, you've been created to do good works. The great thing is that, to go on to say, that those good works, God's already prepared in advance for us to do. See, God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. And right here at the beginning of this clip, as we're beginning to think about this, he says to his sister, God has a purpose for me, and that purpose is China. He knows where he's going. He knows what he's supposed to be doing. But, 
God also made me fast. Not me, him. I'm not fasting. God also made me fast. You see, when we are faced with a belief and a calling that God has a purpose for me and it's here. And we look at the skills and the talents that God has given us. The first thing that we need to do is ask God what his purpose is for our lives. Because there can seem to be conflicts that come up. God has a purpose for me. It's China, but I have to run. God has a purpose for me. It's to do this, but I have to do this. And sometimes in our minds, we make those in opposition to one another when what God is saying is, no, those are both my purposes. It's okay to do this. It's okay to have this career. It's okay to work here, serve here, because this is where I'm ultimately going to take you to. But actually, you need to go through this before you can get there. Proverbs 19.21 says that many are the plans in a person's heart but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, I don't know about you, but I have, I have about 100 ideas every day of things that I could do, and my family could do, and the church could do. And most of the time, none of them are very good. But it doesn't mean that I don't have them. I'm like, what about this? What if we do this? What if we do this? Oh, we could try that. See, I have the ability to create lots of plans, lots of ideas, lots of ways of doing church, lots of ways of doing things. And God's like, you know what? My purpose will prevail, thankfully. But it doesn't mean that God can't use my creativity to affect his purpose. As I was thinking about this, I was struck by this one line in, that comes up in this, uh, in that clip where he goes to. He says, Jenny, God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. And I was like, wow. Wow. You see, for us, I think sometimes when we look at athletes and we look at people that go out there and they're going to, you know, we're going to watch it over the next three weeks. The world's best are out there competing, demonstrating the gifting and the ability that has been given to them by the Lord. I don't know how many of them believe. I don't know how many of them accept that that's where it's come from. For Eric Little, he was very clear. God made me fast. I didn't get fast because I trained. I didn't get fast because that's just my physiology. No, God made me fast. But when I run, I feel his pleasure. I wonder this morning if you were to sit there and go, you know, okay, when I do this activity, I know God's smiling. When I, when, I, when I go into the office tomorrow and I create an Excel spreadsheet, does God smile? See, if, if God has given you the ability to see patterns in numbers and to present 
those patterns and numbers in a way that other people can understand, other people can explain, then God has made you fast. And when you run, he smiles. Your running, however, is not on a track. It's at a desk with a computer, with numbers. We need to start recognizing that. You need to know that when you go to work tomorrow and you are in your element and you are doing what God has gifted you to do, that the Father in heaven looks at you and he smiles. He smiles. He looks down and he goes, hey, 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 it's all the angels together. Here, gather around. Look down there. See that guy? See, right there? I have given him the ability in his mind to look at a space and to design it in a way that is completely functional and that people will enjoy being in. Now watch what he does. I have this mental image of God, like Dion tells you he sees the, the Bible and story, like video. I have an image of God sitting back with like popcorn, watching us go to work. And go, wait, 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 wait. What? <gasps> We go and we just do what we do. For us, it's like, well, it's just my job. When other people come alongside you and they go, how did you do that? How did you even think of that? Oh, well, I'm just naturally that gifted. It's what we all want to say. And the reality is, it's like, you know what? God has just given me the ability to see shape and space like, that I, just, I can just see it. I'm not saying that in work. I work for the government. I can't mention God. Why not? He made the government too. See, for Eric Little, when he came onto the track, he wasn't coming onto the track to show off who he was. He was coming on the track to show off what God had given him. And when you go into the office tomorrow, you go into school, when you go back into teaching, when you go back into whatever your career is, you're not there to show off who you are. You are there to show off what God has gifted in you so that you can then make that company, make that experience successful. And when people say things like, wow, that's awesome, you say, yeah, Jesus did it. What? Who's Jesus? My wife and I had this conversation. She was on an online course one time, and she's like, I'm in a group with Jesus. I'm like, I don't think it's the right one. But if it is... Whatever answer he gives, it's right. <laughs> Folks, I, I think sometimes whenever we come to our Christian lives and we read biographies and we, we, we see stories like Eric Little, we can sometimes be a little awestruck. Wow, look at what they did. That could never happen to me. See, because nobody makes a movie of your life. Nobody has made a movie of my life. But God has watched each of our movies time and time again. And when he sees us operating in our gifts, when he sees us running fast, he smiles. He smiles. As I was preparing for this, I just feel like there's, there's just been this, I don't know what it is, but almost a sense of, why should I bother? Why should I bother doing this? Nobody cares. I can sit at home in my office, in my house, 
with my laptop in my pajamas and do what I do. And it doesn't matter. And folks, that's a lie. That's a lie. God has gifted you and put you where you are for his purposes. It may not be what you thought you would do, but it's for his purpose. You see, God equips us to accomplish his purpose. In Hebrews 13, 20 and 21, it says this, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. Now, if you do a little English trick here, okay, and don't read everything between the commas, it says, now may the God of peace equip you with everything good for his will. That sounds a bit special. Oh, so God has a purpose for me. God has created good works for me to do, and he's going to give me the stuff I need to do them. What's my role in this? A willing body. To actually say yes. Yes, God, I'll do it. Yes, God, I'll do that. See, when we, when we look at, at Eric Little, when we look at him running, and we don't think about that as being, you know, a great job. I know, I know for me, when I, I look at athletes, I, I was an athlete a long time ago, and I, I still have all the t-shirts just to remind me that I was an athlete. I can't fit any of them, but you know what? It's okay. It's all right. When I go to my, watch my kids play sport, and thankfully my kids don't play the sports that I play, because parents are like, oh, you're just living vicariously through your children. I'm like, I could never swim that far. Never, ever, ever. With a shark chasing me, I would be giving up limbs. I can't do it. It wasn't my sport. With my softball player, I, I played softball in church league. I used to call it Batman softball. I played that very well. I fitted the bill perfectly. But to watch what she does, I can't do that. I don't live through her. I want her to have every experience and every opportunity, but I don't live through her. So when I look at, at sport, and sometimes I'm like, eh, well, you, you're just fast. You got lucky. It's genetics. But I've been reminded as I've been preparing for this that no, God has gifted us differently. See, God has gifted me with certain gifts and talents that he may not have given you. When, and that's okay because when he puts us together, the gifts and talents that you have, I don't have. And so when we actually work together as the body of Christ, then we all work in our gifts and our talents. And the things that we struggle with, the things that we're, we have difficulty with, well, actually, we, oh, there's somebody here who can do that. Diana and I have been working together in ministry for way too long to be this young and good-looking. Um, we have different gifts and talents. When I first started working with Dion, he was a youth pastor. I don't like youth. All right? They just, they, they just bug me. They just, oh. And now I have two at home. All right? But I remember watching him. As I saw him in the church that we were in. I was in leadership, and he was our youth leader, our youth pastor. And I was like, this young man is going to die with all of these children killing him. And so I volunteered to go and help. And I would tell him I would do everything on the back end. All the organization, all the 
whatever you need done, just don't put me in front of the lions. And he's like, sweet, I don't like doing that stuff. So he would go out and he would minister to the youth and he would, he would walk in his gifting and his talents, fulfilling his purpose, and I would be in the back making stuff happen, figuring out budgets, doing the administrative stuff so that I didn't have to deal with them, not my purpose, not my gifting, and he didn't have to deal with this stuff. See, that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be like. And as we come together as churches, as we're in this journey together, we want to we just raise up your gifts. We want to raise up your talents. If you're sitting there, and I, I called Jason Johnson out today, okay, just for helping us with you. If you're sitting there going, I could have done that, put your hand up at the end, and Jason will come and find you. Because <laughs> we need help. We need help to do what God has called us to do together. God made me fast, and when I run, I feel his pleasure. And the line that comes directly after that, I don't know if you caught it or not, but, but just it just hit me right in the chest. To not do what God has called me to do would be contempt. I was like, ooh, that stings. If God has given you gifts and abilities and you don't use them, you're basically just holding God in contempt. I don't care, Lord. I don't care what you've done. Oh. I sat at home and I watched that clip and I thought about just not putting that bit in there because none of you would ever remember it. But the reality is that when God has given us gifts and abilities and talents and we decide not to use them, then we really are just, just thumbing our nose at God and saying, God, I don't care about you. I'm going to do it my way and my ability. The sad thing is that sometimes we're successful, but we're never as successful as we would be if God were with us. I hear things all the time, well, it's just my natural talent. Where did it come from? Genetics? No. That gives you muscles. It gives you a physique. But if you don't train it, if you don't have the gifting and the ability given to you by God on high. Having the right physique doesn't mean anything. I want to show you another clip. Yeah, everybody else only used one. I'm going to use three, just for kicks. All right. Partly because it's a really old movie, and I don't know how many of you were even born when it was on, let alone have seen it, but you have to go home and watch it. Carrots of fire. In this clip, I want to set it up for you. We see Eric actually running a race. And he had a really unusual running style. And everybody knew his running style. You'll see it in this clip. I want you to watch this. See what happens. And then we're going to take our next couple of points off of that. Let's go.
when you operate in the gifting God has given you, God will open up opportunities for you to share your faith. Now, I am in no way thinking that tomorrow morning when you walk in and you hand your boss the report that you're supposed to have written for them, that you're going to gather all of the other employees around the water cooler and go, so let me just tell you about Jesus and how I wrote this report. It's not going to happen. It's also probably not going to happen that whenever you're out there and you're talking to people and it's raining, as soon as you mention God and you bring a Bible verse in that the sun comes out. All right, a little Hollywood going on there. But the reality is, whenever you operate and you stand in your gifts and you do the, the work that you do with the ability that God has given you, people notice. People see it. What? How? How did you do that? That's different. Where did that come from? And God will provide you opportunities to introduce people to where your gifting came from. You just have to take them. You just have to take them. I said for a long time that our, our responsibility as Christians, our responsibility as believers in building the kingdom of God is not that we see people come to know Jesus. Our responsibility is just to set up meetings. Our responsibility is just to point people to Jesus. Little things. You don't have to have the four spiritual laws on the tip of your tongue. That dates me as well, if you remember those. You don't have to have Bible tracts in your purse or in your back pocket that you pull out. No. How did you learn how to do that? Well, I don't know. God's just given me this ability to see things that way. I work at a university. I'm a faculty member. I also am part of our administration, our, our senior leadership team. We're organizing our commencement ceremonies this, this uh, summer, this May, and people ask me, how do you know about all this sort of like audiovisual stuff? Like 20 years of church planting. Setting it up, taking it down, setting it up, taking it down, setting it up. They're like, church wedding? You get a big shovel. Church planting, starting new churches, having churches meet in schools, having churches that, that meet in church buildings, but then need to have new sound systems put in. Well, I've been doing that for a long time. You get to know some stuff. Oh, I didn't know churches did that. Oh, when was the last time you were at church? Hmm. God will give us and give you opportunities. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says this, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything that you are involved with should be done for the glory of God. So that people see it. They see your works. They don't come and they praise you. They come and go, something different about you. What is it? It's God. It's my Father in heaven. When that situation happens in the office and you don't explode, and you're not really sure why you didn't explode, but you didn't explode. People are like, weren't you angry about that? Yeah, I was angry. I was upset. I was annoyed. But you didn't like scream and shout and swear. No, I didn't. Because that's not what God wants me to do. That's not who God has made me. See, for somebody here, I think that when you go into the office tomorrow, don't despise the work that you do. If the work that you are doing is using the gifts that God has given you to use. 
The grass isn't greener on the other side. It's not always better somewhere else. Our society has that mentality. Oh, we've got to change. Got to, oh, oh it, something worked for them. Let's do that. No, that's not. That's not because that's not your gifting. You ever been in a job where they hired somebody who wasn't their gifting? And you had to watch it as the train crashed every day? And your, your little prayer going into the office was help him Jesus? That was all you could ever say? I've been there. I actually had an opportunity for a new uh, position this past year opened up. People were like, you should do that job. And I'm like, what? Do you know me? And they're like, well, you'd be great at that. I'm like, no, I would not. You obviously don't know me. Oh, but it would have been a higher position. Don't you want to go higher up in the organization? No, I do not. Talk with this about with my, one of my colleagues on Friday. I'm like, I'm at this level, and there's two or three levels above me. I don't want to be up there. Because that's not where my gifting is. That's not what God has called me to do. God has put me in a position to serve, to use the gifts that I have right now. Now, if God called me up to one of those positions, would he gift me and equip me? Yes, he would. Why? Because he equips those that he calls. But I don't need to be stepping up there. Oh, well, God equips those he calls, so I'm going to take the job. Right, God, where's my equipping? It's over here, where I called you. But, Lord, I'm here now. I know. I'll just wait until you figure out that you've got to go back to there to get your gifting. Okay. We suffer in these positions. We suffer with these careers until we go, you know what, I'm going back over here again. And then we shine. We're like rock stars again. It's like, woo! You know what, you should be promoted. Mm -mm -mm. I did that once. Mm -mm, no. When Jesus writes the letter himself, hand delivers it to me at my door, I will take this position. God made you fast. And when you run, you bring him pleasure. God made you fast. God has gifted and given you the talents and the abilities that he has. And when you use those, you bring him pleasure. Tomorrow you have the opportunity to make God smile just by going to work and doing it for his glory. The story of Eric Little is not just about him running and preaching. It's actually just a very small part of it. When he goes to the 1924 Paris Olympics, he's in the 100-meter dash. Not even meters, it's yards. 100-yard dash. Didn't have meters then. He finds out that there are heats to get to the final. And the heats are on a Sunday. And Eric Little says to the British Olympic Association, the, the people that were organizing and, and had brought him into the team, said, I won't run on a Sunday. The Sunday is the Sabbath. It's the Lord's Day, and I won't run on that day. And they're like, what? Why? It's a 100-yard dash. It's over in 10.4 seconds. Surely God won't even notice. 10.4 seconds. 
And Eric Little says, no, I won't do it. Do not compromise your principles to accomplish the desires of men. See, he had a choice right there. God made him fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Well, you have to run on a Sunday. Ooh. God said, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And for Eric Little, that, was, that meant no running, no sports. Now, I'm not going to preach on our understanding of that. That's a whole other sermon. For Eric Little, it was nothing. He had a choice to make. And he knew that God's word is the foundation. And so he stood on his word and he said, I'm sorry, I can't run. I will not run on a Sunday. That effectively meant that he was not going to be able to run no 100 yards, wouldn't be able to win the gold medal. And one of his teammates came to him and said, hey, I've already run my race. It was the 400 hurdles. I'm in the 400-yard dash. 400 yards is not a dash. I'm sorry. There needs to be snacks on the way. It's not a dash. The 400-yard dash. Why don't you run in my place? The heats are on Tuesday. The final's on Friday. And the committee's discussed and approved it and allowed it to happen. Eric Little went from, I will stand on God's word and I will do what God has said. That means that I don't get to run in the Olympic Games, so be it. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disdained. Eric Little moved from the 100-yard dash to the 400 yards. When he stood on the, on the starting line for the 400 yards, okay, if you don't know athletics, there's eight lanes in the track. Number one is on the inside. Number eight is on the outside. The worst lane to be in is what number? Number eight. Why? It's way around the outside. And you can't see anybody. Because of the way they stagger it. Okay, watch it next week at the Olympics. They stagger it. The per person on the outside lane can't see anybody. Guess where Eric Little ended up? Outside lane. Why? Because God wanted to show off. No other reason than that. Let's put him in the outside lane. Remember, God's got the angels and the popcorn. 1924, they had popcorn. It was heaven. They could have it all. Watch this. Eric Little took off. The gun went off. <clears throat> he goes. Ran the fastest 200 yards. Didn't see anybody. Just ran as fast as he could for the first 200 yards. And he got around to the top band, and he's coming around that, that 300, 200 to 300 yard band, and then the home straight, and he just keeps on running. And he keeps on running, and he keeps on running. And you saw in that clip that when he runs and he gets into that last part of the, of the race, he throws his head back, and he runs with his head in the air. I have no idea why. This is not a good physiological way to run. Okay, I'm a physical therapist. This is not good. But that's how he ran. And when he got into that back straight, he was in the lead. He hadn't seen anybody else. And he put his head back. And he ran as fast as he could run. 
And he brought pleasure to the Lord who smiled on him as he ran down that home straight. And he looked up to heaven. And when he crossed the, the finishing line, he not only was first, he broke the world record in an event that he did not train for in a lane where you cannot win from. Why? God wanted to show off. God made me fast. And God went, you want to see fast? Hang on to your boots. Let's go. God has given us gifts and abilities and talents that even when the world sets us in the worst lane possible, when the world puts all of the obstacles against us, God just goes, not a problem. Let's go. Let's hit that. Come on. Let's just do it. But God, I'm here. I can't do that. Oh, I can't see anybody. God's like, stop making excuses. Stand in the gifting I've given. Run. Run fast. Whew. When you get into work tomorrow, run fast. When you, when you sit there, you open up that email. Those Monday morning emails that everybody dumped everything from Friday afternoon onto your desk. Am I the only one that gets those? And you see, you're in, oh, I'm in lane eight. In fact, I think I'm in lane nine. And they've tied my shoes together. Obstacle after obstacle, and you say, Lord, I need you to help me. I need you to, to come and to move. I need you to come and to be who you say you are. And God goes, I got you. I'll equip you. I will show you, and I will show those around you who the Lord of Lords is. Let's go. I want to show one more clip. And... Uh, We'll show this clip, and then I'll, I'll talk about it after that. Go for it. When you get knocked down, get back up and go win the race. When you get knocked down, and for everybody watching, you're knocked out. 
This is a 400-yard or 400-meter race. They do that in somewhere between 46 and 50 seconds. When you are knocked out of the race and you are sitting on your rear from a dead still start, everyone will say, you can't catch up. You don't have it in you. Eric Little gets up. He starts to run. He starts to run. Why? Because God made him fast. God made him fast. It wasn't Eric Little that was fast. It was God's gifting that made him fast. And he gets up and he starts to run and he starts to chase and to do what God has gifted him to do. Everybody in the stand says, he can't do it, he can't do it. And the guy there was one of his friends, Sandy, he said, don't you worry, his head's not back yet. Because they knew when he tipped his head back, it was over. The afterburners came on, he took off, and it was another gear. You need to hear this, church. You need to hear this. Somebody needs to hear this as you're going into work tomorrow. There's another gear inside of you. You just need to allow God to unlock it. There is another gear inside of you. You just need to allow God to unlock it. Tip your head back. Look up to the heavens and allow God to use the gifts that he's given you to do what he's called you to do. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let the obstacles loom large in front of you. Go, oh, I can't do it because of this, this, and this. Go, hey, God, you see that? I'm letting you deal with that. Church. When we go into our work, when we go into our families, when we go into our schools, wherever it is that we engage with people, you have the gift of life inside of you. You have the risen Lord inside of you. Let him out. Let him out. And not in a weird way. Be good at what you do. What? Is it that easy? Yeah. Yeah. If you push paper around a desk all day, push it to the glory of God. What does that even look like? I don't know. But do it to God's glory without grumbling, without complaining. If you work with people and you go in tomorrow and you greet them, greet them as if they're your friends. Greet them knowing that God loves them. Greet them knowing that, you know what? They need Jesus. They need what you have. Tip your head back. Look up to the heavens. Ask God to come and flow through you so that you can then change their lives. Just because God has gifted you. John 16.33 says that in this world you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I've overcome the world. I have overcome the world. You know what? I think sometimes that we don't really believe that God will do what God said he's going to do. But I know that he will. And I know it's not going to be easy. I know it's not easy for all of us. I know, I mean, for right now with, with us, I mean, I face some difficulties. I'm trying to work through some things. I have to remind myself, I have to preach this message to me. Say, hey, go in tomorrow. 
and do your work to the glory of God. Don't cut corners. Don't slack off. Because what will happen is God will see you. And others will see you. And when they look at you, they'll say, what? what's different? What, what is different about this? As the team comes up, we prepare to, to finish our time together with a closing song. I want to pray for us. And I want us to also take courage this morning that as we sing this closing song, if, if God has been speaking to you and God has said something to you, just as we worship, just, just say, God, here am I. Stand up. Stand up and say, God, yeah, I'm, I'm right here. I don't know what it's going to look like, but God, I want whatever, whatever you've got for me. I want that gifting to flow through me. I want to see your kingdom come in my workplace, in my family, in my whatever. God, just as it is in heaven. And just be open. And allow him to come and fill you. Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity, God, to, to come together to worship you, Lord. To, to, Father, to not to feel that we have to have all the answers or that we have to know how to do everything, but, God, to know that our gifting and our talents come from you. And so, Lord, I, I ask this morning, God, that you would come with fresh anointing, with fresh power, with fresh calling, with fresh vision, God, and that you would speak to us, Lord. For those of us, God, who are struggling with where we have to go to work tomorrow, God, I pray that you would just release a new anointing, Father, a new amount of grace right now. And God, I pray that you would, you would just, Lord, fan into flames the gifts that you have given us. That we can be a people that do our work to the glory of God. Father, that as we work, that people will see that there's something different about us. And it's not the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we look, God, but there's something on the inside, that our power comes from the inside. And that power is you, Jesus. God, I pray that you would give us boldness. Boldness to stand and say, yeah, it's God. God has just given me this, this ability. God, I pray that you would just raise your church up, Lord, and send us out to build your kingdom, God, in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's worship together.
God, you are great. God, you are great. You've made us to be great. Jesus says that we would do even greater things than he did because we are the church. We're one part of a whole body that would do great things because of how great you are, God. God, let us run with purpose. Let us fulfill our purpose. Let us bring pleasure walking in our gift, by walking in our talents, by walking in our ability, giving praise and glory and honor back to you from our spiritual gifts, from our physical gifts that you've given us, talents and abilities, do it for your glory and your fame. And Lord, when we don't, that we would feel some sort of way that we're not giving you our, our praise, our glory for how great you are. Lord, we thank you for gifting us. We thank you for giving us talents and abilities. Let's continue to let us sharpen them and use them to build your church, to build your kingdom, to make your fame, your glory known. Let it not be about us. Let it not be about a church name. 
to be about you, to bring you glory, to bring you praise. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And as we conclude our time together, and we have a give opportunity to give your tithes and offerings this morning. We want you to be able to do that as an extension of your worship, as an extension of uh, what God has gifted you and given you to, to do and bless. So we want to give opportunities to do that. Uh, again, you don't give to us. You don't give to me or anybody. You're giving through the church. You're not giving even to the church. You're giving through the church as an extension of your worship. So those who are watching online, if you want to be able to give uh, back to what God has given, given you, you can do so by visiting either church website at Bowie City Church uh, website or First Christian's website. You just go to the give link, give there. Also, if you're watching at home or you're in person and you want to give digitally, there's an easy way to do that. There's two phone numbers that you can text to be able to give through First Christian or through Bowie City. If you want to give through First Christian, you just text the word give to 301-970-3646. If you want to give through First Christian, you want to give through Bowie City, you can text the number, uh, text give to 301 907 Four five six five, and that's just an easy way to do that. Or you can still give in person if you're here. The plate offering place up front of the church, and also in the rear. But know that we give thirty percent. What's given goes out to do missions uh, to people uh, who are doing mission work where we aren't able to go. So we want to bless them and be able to do that uh, today. So thank you for that. We are finishing our series entitled uh, "At the Movies," and so if you missed any of those, you can go back online and watch that. If you, I've never watched *Chariots of Fire*, as Jason said because it's older than me, but I now really want to know it. I know the story of Eric Little, and I want to watch that in the entirety. Uh, but we're going to have a new series starting next month in August uh, about family. And so if you want to come and listen to uh, about family and how many hours we have as parents and what God has told us to be as family, from parents to kids to extended family, we're going to go through that for the month of August. So don't miss that. Uh, I guess there's cookies in the back. I, I saw a little cookie elf back there working on a cookie tray, which is awesome. So we're going to have cookies at the end of church uh, to celebrate not just my birthday, which is pretty cool, but today is also my anniversary, 18 years with my lovely wife, uh, which is awesome. I know for some of you are like, 18 years? There's a story about it. Yes, 18 years we've been married uh, today, and we matched. She, she bought me the shirt, and so we matched today, uh, which is being cute. We're really cute today. Uh, but be blessed. Uh, enjoy the cookies with us. Uh, and then we will have our new series entitled, well, we don't know the title yet, but it'll be about family uh, starting next month in August. Be blessed, and we'll see you guys uh, when we see you. Be blessed.